Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care. And with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody. Hope you're having a wonderful Friday, November 20th, 2020. We are a day away from the UFC's second to last pay per view event of the year. UFC 255 goes down tomorrow night in Las Vegas. Both flyweight world titles are on the line, and we're going to talk all about it right now as we welcome you all to the live UFC 255 preview show here on MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Heck, being joined by the squad here. We got Jose Youngs, Jed Mishu, and E. Casey Lydon, producer extraordinaire, of course. All of you as well. We'd love to get your thoughts on this event. We want to talk with all of you all about it, so leave your questions in the chat. We'll get to them momentarily. Right now, let us get the ball rolling, Jed Mishu. It has been a minute since we have seen and spoken with you. You have been absent from between the links because life has taken over. We understand that. But uh, Coward. we talked about... <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. But, uh, but we, we, did, we did talk about this card a bit on between the links earlier, on, uh, earlier in the week on Tuesday. But I want to get your take on the card in its entirety because there's a lot of people out there that are shall we say, not overly fond of this card on paper. And I see where some people may be coming from because there's not a lot of star power here. But I actually, from a fans and like a matchup perspective, I think this one has a lot of potential to be really fun tomorrow night. What say you? What are your thoughts on this card as a whole tomorrow night? First of all, I didn't know you even had Between the Links without me. Does, does anyone listen? Is that do you have a fan base if I'm not there? I pretty surprised to hear that i thought when i wasn't on the show it, it just waited until i chose to come back so um good for you whoever competed for the second best belt congratulations whatever sad soul may have won in my absence uh but as for this card i mean i think it's pretty good honestly it, it's not a good top down card and i think we just kind of need to accept that we don't get those anymore. Uh, the contender series happened. There's a lot of cheap labor. They want to throw a bunch of fights out. Okay, like we're not going to get a 12-fight card where all 12 of those fights are going to be bangers. Frankly, we may never get a fight card where everybody has a Wikipedia page anymore. Just might not be in the cards for us and uh, kind of moving forward. But this one, I think the main card, you know, maybe low on that big marquee name value, but frankly, there just aren't that many of those people in the sport in general. We are getting two title fights. We're getting, with the absence of Habib Nurmagomedov, my pick for the most dominant champion in the sport is competing this weekend. We get the new exciting flyweight champion going up uh, against a contender that I think is a really interesting style matchup. You get some future contender fights maybe. You get Shogun Hua. We're still trotting him out there. So I, I think it's, you know, it's not a great card. It's a C plus probably. Jose, let's let's talk the main event for the men's flyweight title. Davis and Figueredo, first title defense against Alex Perez. And originally it was supposed to be Cody Garbrandt. Cody tore his bicep, which scratched him from the fight. And now Alex Perez becomes the first contender series alum to fight for a UFC title. So let me ask you this. Clearly Garbrandt has the bigger name the more drawing appeal, but Alex Perez has looked pretty damn good as of late. Do you feel that 
from a competitive <laughs> standpoint, we're getting the better matchup tomorrow night. Um, I don't know just because we don't know how Cody Garbrandt looks at flyweight. We know how he looks at bantamweight. He goes to sleep a lot and he puts people to sleep a lot. Will that whether that translates to flyweight or not? I don't know because we haven't seen him fight a flyweight. We haven't even seen him make weight flyweight. So for all we know, he wasn't going to make weight on uh, today. So uh, TBD, not sure if it's a better fight uh, until the fight actually happens or both fights actually happen. On paper, sure. On paper, I would compare this to like. I don't know, Jed Mishu's life potential. But until we see how it plays out, we just don't really know. We're kind of waiting. Uh, so, yeah, high potential. Just waiting to see how this plays out. Jed, do you want to respond to this? Because you have that look in your eye. <laughs> I'm not sure I followed that, so I'm just going to say thanks. And, uh, <laughs> and both of, I, I do agree with Jose on this. Like, I mean, look, we were here – months ago on BPO when I argued vehemently for the Cody Garbrandt fight for exactly what Jose just said. He he goes to sleep or he puts people to sleep, and I just wanted to watch him and Davis and Figueredo throw bolos at each other until one of them went boom. Uh, I think that would be the more fun fight, whether it's the more competitive fight, I don't know. I think Alex Perez, you know, still pretty young in his UFC career, certainly, but what he's shown, he certainly has the potential to just get flatlined here, but if he can get takedowns, can initiate grappling, he has the potential to make it a really difficult night for Figueredo because he's a really, really solid, interesting, tricky grappler. And Figueredo mostly hasn't had to compete with that. He's mostly gotten to fight the fights he wants or fight fight the fights that he would like to fight. So I don't know if it's a more competitive fight. I think it could be, but it's certainly not going to be as fun as it would have been if, if Garbrandt hadn't blown out his bicep. I would agree with that. Casey, what do you think? Like, let's, I know Jose gave a very professional answer here. You know, wait to see how it plays out. We we don't have all the information here. But what's your gut telling you? Or is your gut telling you that we're getting the more competitive, stylistic matchup on paper, having Alex <laughs> Perez in there? Cody Garbrandt, obviously, the more the more fun fight, the more potential for a one-punch KO on both sides. But do you feel like, from a martial arts perspective, we're getting the better fight tomorrow night? No. No. Um, I... I live I live MMA and I honestly I I rem, I remember Alex Perez's fight. I remember him was it was it Formiga? He chopped his legs up and defeated him, correct? That was his last victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I remember that. I just don't like I just I just don't know very much about Perez. And for it to be a main event on a pay-per-view, that's just and not short notice. This is it's just kind of well, I guess it is kind of short notice. I read it, but it's just uh I'm just not I'm excited because he's very he's obviously he's a very good flyweight and we'll see what happens and it could be the best fight I've ever seen in my life. But it's just not a fight I'm I'm hyped for. I don't know. I just are you suggesting that maybe the UFC hasn't done a great job of building their flyweight contender? <laughs> I know you're not saying that, certainly. I'm not like honestly be did I'm not even hundred percent sure before this fight was booked that Dana White could have picked Alex Perez in a lineup. I hundred percent certain he could do it tomorrow. <laughs> See, I'm I'm being positive here. I'm I'm saying he can now because he's on the dang poster. <laughs> but um, but that's what I mean. It's just like this isn't a guy that was ever promoted by the by the UFC, really. At least Jennifer Maya. She had that big fight with um Jojo Carterwood that had a lot of it, no it, it, there were high stakes in it, but Alex Perez was never in that fight like, oh, if he beats Formiga, he's getting the next title shot. So there was never any anticipation of watching one of his fights coming, coming, uh, building up to this fight. So, uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're going to watch a fight tomorrow and hopefully it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I actually feel the opposite. I felt after the Formiga fight that uh, he was... He was next. Becoming, beca- beca- right. becoming, in, becoming into it, we're like, oh, who, if, if Perez beats Formiga, he's getting that title shot. Were we thinking that? I mean, that's what if I'm, he went out there and uh, finished him. I, 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 was I think Formiga was already I think, coming off two losses. Well, when, when, when he fought Formiga, Figueredo hadn't even fought Joe B for the second time yet. So we didn't even have a flyweight champion at the time. And Cody fought on that same card, the UFC 250. So he wasn't even a flyweight contender. Like, that wasn't even a possibility in our minds yet. So... Uh, I think I was at the Formiga Perez fight, and it was a lot of we have to see how 
Figueredo and Joe B plays mm-hmm. out because Joe B already beat Alex Perez pretty recently. And figure uh, we had to see Figueredo make weight. So I think after the Formiga win, there was a lot of, well, let's see how this flyweight fight plays out yeah. before we match make. But when Jennifer Maya fought JoJo, like we knew the stakes coming to that fight. We yeah. knew that the high, that's what, that's what I mean. Like it's just, and that's fights are built on anticipation and there was just no anticipation for this fight. So yeah. here we are. To Casey's point, I mean, yeah, I, you can kind of throw that this is sort of a short notice, you know, fight here, but I still don't really get why Alex Perez is getting this one. Like Brandon Moreno is on this same card and Brandon Moreno, at least like that's a guy ostensibly that people know he's been around. He's was on tough, fought some good guys. Like I'm just, he's on a great streak right now. And I think he's ranked higher uh, than, than Perez. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong with that. Like, I just don't really know yeah. why Brandon Moreno is serving as chief undercard guy. And he wasn't, he didn't do that for all here. I just think, I think it's because he had three straight decisions in a draw and Perez beat Formiga. And the only person to beat Figueredo was Formiga. So I think there was some sort of a flyweight that has stoppage wins and just finish the guy that beat the guy. For, for a company that, that picks its title shots, title contenders by like, you know, who moves the needle more, I think I th- I'm pretty confident Moreno 100%. moved the needle more yeah, than Perez. 100%. Yeah, I mean, so not that saying that Perez, from an actual fight standpoint, you know, doesn't deserve it over Moreno, but just from the UFC's, you know, moving the needle standpoint, I, I'm, I'm really shocked it's not Moreno, so... Yeah, I also just looked at the rankings, and not that this is going to matter to them at all, because of course they won't care. It's going to be weird when Brandon Moreno, as the chief undercard, is listed as the number one ranked flyweight in the world, but he's not challenging for the title when the number four is. Like that just seems dumb. It is kind of interesting. Yeah, I I mean, a lot of people, Jed, are excited to see Figueroa and kind of see where he can take this division. Like you said, a violent guy, a 125, he's got killer instincts, got the ability to finish fights in devastating fashion, uh, in fashion. On top of that, he's a very interesting guy. And, you know, like we've alluded to, Perez has won his last three. As Jose just said, just finished the guy, the last guy to beat the champion in the first round with leg kicks. Very impressive stoppage. But you mentioned what Perez sort of needs to do to get the job done. Now it's just kind of how can he do it and will he do it? So in your heart of hearts, what would you rate Perez's chances to pull off the upset tomorrow night on like a scale one to 10? I think he's, he's not a sitting duck out there, but I do feel like it's probably, he's probably an underdog. I mean, Perez can strike a little bit. He does have that leg kick stoppage that we've referenced at this point several times over Formiga, but he has gotten hurt in fights before standing. Like it's, he's a little reckless, not super defensively sound. And, like, I mean, just to put it simply, if Joe B can hurt you on the feet, Figueredo can put you in a coffin. Like, that's just that's just not the game you want to play, uh, especially given that Figueredo has shown a little bit of weakness on the ground. He's not the world's greatest grappler. He's just really good at let, forcing the fight he wants. So, I, and Perez is going to have to get takedowns. I do think that he doesn't have to, like, recklessly pursue them. He can stay on the feet a bit and strike. But, yeah, I mean – I, I think the odds have this pretty close. I mean, Figueredo is a clear favorite, but not something massive or like we'll talk about in the co-main event, I'm sure. I think it's probably about accurate. Uh, Perez has passed the victory here, but I do think on average, Figueredo is going to land the land the bomb more often than not. Yeah, right now, it's, I mean, it's kind of averages out Figueredo's but like a minus 270, minus 280 favorite in the comeback on Alex Perez. <laughs> But a plus two forty around that neck of the rain neck of the woods. So, Jose, let us get your pick on this fight before we hit the co-main event and, and get to the people's questions. Who walks out of the apex tomorrow night with twenty five pound title in the main event? Uh, probably Davidson Figueroa, but I think it's a lot closer than people make it out to be. Because, like, I think like what Jed alluded to, you don't really see Figueroa fight a lot of these tricky grapplers. And the last time we fought a tricky grappler was Formiga. And that's his only professional loss, if I'm not mistaken. He might have one way earlier in his career, but I know his only UFC right. loss at Figueredo. Um, and what? What? How many? Like, like Perez? Like he has that TKO win with light kicks over Formiga. He knocked out Shorty. But then I think, like in his like amateur, not amateur, but like his his like regional circuit run, like before he was in the UFC, 
He had like three straight Anaconda choke victories. He has like a uh, he has like a bunch of choke victories in the UFC. So uh, he's clearly a better uh, grappler than he is striker. I, I would say uh, if it's what we're, if we're if we're just breaking down his skill set. So it's he's clearly a live dog considering we haven't really seen Figueroa fight someone with that cal that style of fighting outside of Formiga. But like Jet did say, and I hate <laughs> to agree with him, Perez gets hurt <laughs> a lot on the feet. And Figueredo has dynamite in his hand for 125. So uh, if he comes in reckless uh, and he gets hit once, twice, it's probably going to be a bad night for him. I'm not going to say it's going to be a long night because it's not going to be a long night. So uh, my gut says second, third round finish uh, for Figueredo. I saw Casey. Somebody, oh, go ahead. I was say, go ahead, somebody put this on Twitter earlier this week, and I don't remember who, so sorry, that Figueredo has the same knockdown per strike percentage as Francis Ngannou which is pretty remarkable. Yeah, but flyweights are boring, man. I agree. They're, they're the worst. They're, they're so tiny. They're so tiny. Did you see that Marcin Tibora Ben Rothwell fight? Barn burner. Yeah, heavyweight. <laughs> You're never going to make me hate a heavyweight fight. <laughs> we're not gonna, we're not talking about Cam Soda yet. Let's stay focused on this, guys. I'm, focus, I'm focus. Really hard not, not <laughs> we'll 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 segue into that towards the end. We'll let, we'll let Jed wax poetically on that and yeah. give you the choice, the alternative, so to speak. So, what do you think, Casey? Do you see Figueroa walking out with with the championship, or do you see an upset tomorrow night? Uh, I think I think this is going to be a showcase um, victory for for Figgy. Um, uh, yeah, I just think I think he's I think he's better all around than Perez. And um, unless those unless those leg kicks are just unstoppable, maybe maybe he strikes oil again like that. And just but uh, I, I think it's I think it's going to be a showcase victory for um, Figgy. I'm leaning Figueroa too. I just think he's on <laughs> such a high right now, and his star power is like right about mm-hmm. to peek through. I think he's right there. I do think this fight is really close. And I think it's a lot closer than people think it's going to be because Perez may be 28 years old, but this is going to be his 30th professional fight. The guy has a lot of experience. And on top of that, not only does he have like a really intelligent fighter's mindset, he's got like a coach's mindset too, because he's one of the big, he's one of the coaches over at Team Oyama. He corners mm-hmm. and helps out Carlos Spars and a lot of fighters over there, Cheeto Vera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So he's going to, he's very likely going to come in with a very good game plan. I think Figueroa wins, but I think I think Perez is going to go the full twenty-five and walk out uh, on the losing end of a of a decision. But I think it's a, a lot closer of a fight than people think it's going to be. I really you do. Think he can make it at the full twenty-five. I do. That's, I think he's going to go the full a, twenty-five. Bold prediction, sir. I respect it. I know. I, I, I'm on I, fire with my picks. Like <laughs> I hope it does go twenty-five minutes. I think this will be a very exciting twenty-five minutes if it does go the, the full length. So we'll see. Yeah, I got screwed by the judges on two perfect cards the last two weeks. So. You're still you're still hurt by that. You, you still, I'm still hurt by still that. Hurt. You gotta factor in the judging when you're making your picks, bud. <laughs> K Hansen won that fight. I'm sorry. But uh support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. Your body is your own. That's why Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. 
Today, lawmakers who oppose abortion are challenging Planned Parenthood. Affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. Planned Parenthood believes that health care is a basic human right. That's why they fight every day to push for common-sense policies that protect our right to control our own bodies. They also work tirelessly to oppose the onslaught of new policies aimed at interfering with personal decisions best left to patients and their doctors. They won't give up and they won't back down. You can join Planned Parenthood in the fight to help make sure that the next generation can decide their own futures. The organization needs your support now more than ever. With supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. Co-main event for the women's flyweight title. You want to talk about close lines. Valentina Shevchenko, if you look at the betting odds, she is as high as a minus 2,000 favorite defending her title against Jennifer Maya. Not a lot of faith in the fight-picking world uh, for Jennifer Maya. But uh, Jose Young's Valentina has just made it look so easy at 125. She looks to defend her title for the fourth time. And you have stated that you're giving Maya a 1% chance to win tomorrow night. She made weight. That was one of the big questions heading in. She was under the 125 limit for the second consecutive fight. So it looks like she's gotten the weight thing squared away a little bit. It's a fight and anything can happen. But, and I don't mean any disrespect to Jennifer Maya, but is there any scenario in which Maya has the advantage over Valentina Shevchenko? If Valentina just makes some sort of horrendous mistake and like just whiffs horribly on a leg kick, falls breaks her leg and jennifer maya just grabs it and be like and hits her in the head with her own leg that's the only chance i'm giving jennifer maya pretty much no in all seriousness jennifer maya i guess she, she could win i'm gonna give her a one percent chance to win but that's because i don't like doing fractional percentages <clears throat> I, I could give her a 0.25 percent chance that'd be more accurate um i mean she's high level grappler she's not she's not anywhere near the striking uh, ability of Valentina Shevchenko, so I'm not even going to try to compare the two, but she's she's a good grappler. Uh, that's pretty much it. Valentina's the best female fighter in the world right now, I think. I know Zhang uh, Wall, Amanda Nunes, of course, the greatest of all time, but in terms of like the dominant the dominance level that she's shown over a division, I don't see anyone in the top 15 of 125 pounds beating Valentina Shevchenko. I think the only one, I think the person that does beat her isn't even in the UFC now. And that's like what we were saying about John Jones years ago. And they're like the, the person that's going to dethrone John Jones is probably training for John Jones before he even gets into the UFC. And you see guys like Dominic Reyes uh, all of a sudden emerge. And I, who I said, beat John Jones on that card, Valentina Shevchenko beat Kalanchuk Kagan. So I think we're Valentina's in for a long, long title run. And I do not see any sort of threat that Maya could propose could pose to her outside of Valentina just making some sort of mistake and Jennifer Maya capitalizing capitalizing on it. But Valentina is pretty much a perfect fighter, uh, especially at this weight class. So I don't see her making any sort of mistake that will lead to defeat. Yeah, Jed, because Valentina did an interview with ESPN earlier this week, and I, I found like the headline of that interview kind of puzzling because it was something to the extent of. Valentina talks about people thinking she's losing focus because she's the champion. I have never once in the history of my life on Twitter, anywhere, Reddit, no matter what, have seen anybody say that about Valentina Shevchenko, that she's lost focus, that she's not the same fighter, that winning the belt has clouded her fighting judgment in some way. I've never seen that once. So I didn't know what to think about that. But either way, your thoughts on tomorrow night's co-main event for the women's flyaway title. Is there any Jose's given Jennifer Maya a 1% chance? Are you giving her that? No, I, I didn't read that article. I don't know what it said, but if it said anything, what that title is, that's the dumbest thing that's been written in months. Uh, of all the fighters in the world who might potentially lose focus, Valentina Shevchenko is, is not one of them. Uh, and frankly, even if she did lose focus, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> like She could do John Jones to the nth degree of not caring and still show up and run roughshod over this division. Look, Jose gives her a 1% chance. Odds are at minus 2,000. Minus 2,000 implies that she only has a 95% chance of victory. You should all bet on her at minus 2,000. Uh, Jennifer Myers has a 0% chance. I, li I literally think that is closer than doing some kind of fraction of one. There's no avenue to victory. 
she's not as good a grappler <laughs> as Valentina Shevchenko. She's a much, much worse striker, and she is miles below her on the athleticism spectrum. Like, none of this is really meant to be disrespectful to Jennifer Maya, who has got good wins. There is just a huge, huge gulf between Shevchenko and the rest of that division. On BTL, I have argued that the best thing you could do with women's flyweight is to set up an entire pay-per-view where Shevchenko just fought the top 10 one after the other. I genuinely think she'd get through them all. Like I just, she is so much better than her contemporaries that it is not even close to being close. And so this is going to be a showcase. Like the only question is how much does Maya want to go out on her shield? If she wants to hang back, Shevchenko's style will allow her to survive for several rounds. If she doesn't, if she wants to push the action, she's going to get bolted right quick. And that's it. Casey, you have been a big advocate over the last several weeks that this fight should be the main event over the men's flyweight title fight to shine the light on the dominant champion, especially since it's division. Even though Jed thinks that there's really no chance that she loses to anybody at this point, it has gotten a lot more interesting over the last few months with Calvillo moving up, Jessica Andrade moving up, Lauren Murphy's on a good run right now. So it is as interesting as it's ever been, but I guess for those who may be newer to the sport that may be watching right now or haven't seen a lot of <clears throat> Valentina Shevchenko, what, in your opinion, makes her so special? She just doesn't make mistakes, really. She just, um, she just, like, she she can have, I, she's a bit of an anomaly to me because she can c- completely have the, the most murderous, violent KOs over people like Jessica I, and then throw, and then put the, just basically the most boring 25 minute fight as she did with Carmouche. So she really, she, um, I'm sorry. She's Anderson Silva. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like we may get, we may get an amazing knockout, just dominant performance from Shevchenko, but depending on her mood really. And the, the whole losing focus thing, I think, I think it's ridiculous because she could have lost focus against someone like Carmouche, but she didn't. In the sense that she wasn't, she doesn't care about the fans. She doesn't care about pleasing Dana White. She's one of those like I'm a martial artist. I just care about the W. I care about winning. I care about being the best. And from a fan's perspective, I'm hoping that Shevchenko doesn't show up because I could because I've I've covered a lot of Invicta, so I've actually watched. I've seen a lot of Jennifer Maya, and Jennifer Maya has always been that good, not great fighter, and. That's what I think. That's what we're gonna see on uh, Saturday. We have a great fighter versus a good fighter, and um, much like when she fought Carmouche, who's a, a is a very good fighter, but not a great fighter. Shevchenko is a great fighter, and um, it just really depends on, I guess, her attitude. <laughs> does she wanna? Does she wanna make this a showcase fight? Does she wanna? Does she, does she wanna prove to Dana I should have been the main event, or does she wanna? Or does she just wanna just get that W? We'll find out. I don't think it right, has so, so much Oh, what do you think? I, I'm just I, – I don't think it's her attitude. I think her attitude is the same going in. I think it's really she, – she is prime Anderson Silva. She is purely a counter-striker. So if you do a Damian Maya and you just don't want to engage, she's not you, – you're not giving her anything to work off of, so she'll just win a pretty boring decision. But if you, like, just start running in on her and bombing on her, she's just going to counter you to death. And so – I think I think Jennifer Maya is going to do that, and so I think it will be cool. But if she doesn't, then yeah, we might be in for twenty five yeah. minutes. Because I really think Anderson Bill was like the exact perfect comp for her. Well, I guess when I said attitude or her attitude, I meant like, she, like if the fan, if there were fans, you know, they'll be booing. But they're they're not good. She's not going to be influenced by like, by pleasing by pleasing the brass. That's what I guess I kind of mean. So mm-hmm. if if what she'll do. She'll she, the the easiest, smartest path to victory is what she will go on. And if Maya, if Jennifer Maya doesn't, um, it, it's really dependent on Jennifer Maya's how she decides to lose. I guess <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Right. <laughs> so I don't think any of us are picking Jennifer Maya. It's just the way that it is. If we're going based on opinion here, so we'll have some fun with this. We'll throw out a prop bet, Jose, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll get your take on this. Right now, over two and a half rounds is minus 137, under two and a half rounds, plus 122. 
So if you had $20 of supplemental income to throw on any of those, do you think the fight goes over two and a half rounds or under two and a half rounds? Uh, just under, I'd say early. So like early third <clears throat> would still be less than two and a half. So yeah, that's probably, I'll probably say like early third round. So just slightly under two and a half rounds. I think, I think my, like like my, I think everything Maya brings Valentina is just going to easily exploit it. It's going to be like a lion playing with food until it's just over and wants to throw it away. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to say just under two and a half rounds. Jed. Well, if I had $20 and if I gambled, because I would never do that, uh, I would certainly take the under. Uh, I think it's probably going to be second round is my – I think Maya will spend the first round trying to be patient, uh, and then she'll get a little impatient and start charging in and get clipped. And then the second round, he's going to throw caution to the wind and get highlight real payload for all of us. It's going to be great. Casey, over under two and a half rounds. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be negative here and say over and say it's gonna we're gonna have we're gonna have a copy of the car, uh, Liz Carmouche fight. Uh, Maya's gonna take a couple of big shots to the face in the first in the first round and she's gonna like nope I don't want this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be negative. This is gonna be a bad 25 minutes. Maya has uh, Maya has shown durability at least as of late. She's only been finished once in her career. But if you haven't seen that the way she was finished by Sheila Gaff in Cage Warriors. Oh, that was old. Was, wow. That's, yeah. That's that was a, a bad. devastating knockout. 10 seconds. It was bad. She got <laughs> knocked out badly in that fight. So Shevchenko's at top of her game. I don't think it's a 10 second knockout by any stretch. I think she gets it done inside of three rounds via TKO, but I think it ends very similarly to the Caitlin Jukagian fight where she's just, Shevchenko's just too much, just grinds her away. And Maya's just like, this sucks. I, I don't <laughs> want to be here anymore. And, She's going to get crucifixed and, and probably finish. Like Jennifer's going to give it her all. And you know, the good old, good old college try. I just, I'm sorry. There's just no way you can pick. You I, can I just want to say that. I, I want to say that Jennifer might is a very good fighter. I've seen her fight versus Vanessa Porto when she won the 25 belt and um, Invicta was a, was a really great fight. And Jennifer Mike sure. is a very good fighter. And it's has like like all the like shit talk we're kind of saying right now is really nothing against Jennifer Meyer. It's just that Valentina no. is just just she's just ahead of the curve right now, you know. And that's all it is. And I think Jennifer Meyer earned this spot, and and she's she's basically she's earned this out. She's earned her ass whooping. So um, <laughs> Jed, oh, I've you looked like you wanted to say that. something. No, I just I second everything Casey said, and like. When you mentioned earlier the division's more interesting, and it is. Like I think Maya's earned this ass whooping. Lauren Murphy has earned her ass whooping whenever she gets it. Uh, Calvillo, should she, you know, win one or maybe two more fights, will have earned the ass whooping she gets there. Like I just, this is not a knock on any of those women. Jessica Andrade will also earn her ass whooping when she gets it. But I think Andrade is the only one that could pose any sort of danger. I. I genuinely don't think there's a person not named Amanda Nunez who can pose any danger to her in the world. And I, I thought Shevchenko won their their rematch. I would be very much interested to watch watch them run it back because they're the only two fighters that have anything for each other, as far as I'm concerned. I th- I find it funny that Dana White is against a third fight with Nunes. She'd rather see Zhang Wei Li fight Valentina Shevchenko instead. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of want to see the I mean, Nunes fight one more time. I mean, that fight would also be cool. <laughs> I, I'm surely sign me up for Zhang Wei Li that, that fight. You have time for uh, that one though. Yeah, that's a weird. Yeah, like, that's, there's there's so, Wei is so thick with contenders. I don't understand. Yeah, that's a. I, I never understood that one from Dana. Yeah, confused. So those are the title fights. Main card rounds out with uh, Mike Perry, who missed weight by four and a half pounds. He'll forfeit 30% of his purse to Tim Means. That's the featured bout on pay-per-view. We got Cynthia Calvillo against Caitlin Chukagan. Very important fight for the aforementioned women's 125-pound division. The rematch between Shogun Hua and Paul Craig begins the main card. Festivities in the prelims has Brandon on Brandon, Moreno versus Roy Val. Uh, Joaquin Buckley is back for the first time since his knockout of the year. Locke, more than likely, against Jordan Wright. Antonina Shevchenko shares the car with her sister against Ariane Lipsky and much more, but you guys have heard us talk enough and you're going to hear some more, but you guys are going to lead the way. So let us go to the peeps 
And uh, you guys and gals can continue to submit your questions in the chat. We'll go for so we don't feel like going anymore. How about that? All right. One second. Uh, that's not really a question. It's more of a comment. <laughs> uh, Comments are fine. Okay. You know what? Let's, let's talk about this. I think. That... Why is UFC 255 not getting much attention at all? MMA sites like MMA Fighting and Fightful have done a better job hyping this card than the UFC. Wait, yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's a good card. This is a hardcore fans card. Like if you're if you just started watching the sports six months ago because you heard Conor McGregor is fighting Dustin Poirier and you're all in on that fight, this may not be the card for you. Like just based on paper, but if you if you order it and just if you just say, you know what, I'm going to give it a chance and watch it, I have a feeling you're going to get that post UFC 206, post UFC 199 feeling coming out of this card where you may not have been as excited as other cards, but you don't want to be the one that's like, crap, I should have bought this one. Everyone's talking about it because it was really good. I kind of had that feeling deep down in my stomach that that's the kind of card we're going to get tomorrow night, even though it's not the sexiest one on paper, Jed. I mean, I, I agree. I think, I think this is like a pretty, either a really good fight night card or like a pretty decent big ESPN card. But I do think this question gets to the heart of something that I don't quite understand, which is, I don't know what the UFC is promoting right now because they didn't, they have not put a lot of investment into building up this pay-per-view. Obviously 254 got a full court press. Um, but then with Habib exiting, like they're all, cause it's not like they're just, we haven't seen a lot of promotion for this. I would assume that if they were just going to kind of, uh, let's blow past this one, they'd be looking ahead much more to 256 and they haven't really done that either. So I don't know if they're just, in a lull promotionally if they were really just taken aback by Habib's retirement and all of their focus has been on trying to publicly say he's not retired despite all evidence to the contrary from him. So I, I'm not really sure why they haven't uh, outside of just saying, well, this is a, this is a pay-per-view headlined by two flyweights and the UFC absolutely hates their 125 division. So they just wrote it off and they'll, they'll get to work next month post Thanksgiving. Jose, what do you think? Because I feel like, I feel like at least right now, if you look at the calendar, and I think Jed makes a good point, like UFC 256 is coming up, and there's not a ton of buzz behind that one either. I think they're sort of looking at December 19th and beyond right now. December 19th is a ridiculous fight night card. You got Hamza Chemaev looking to put a exclamation point on this this just wild year against Leon Edwards. We saw Jose Aldo's fighting Marlon Vera on this card. You got Wonder Boy and Jeff Neal. They're just they're they're loading it up. Why do you think? Why do you think this isn't getting the promotional push that maybe December night that they were kind of getting from the December 19th card and obviously UFC 257? I just think Dana White is so fixated on very specific fighters and he loves to promote those very specific fighters. December 19th has, of course, the Hamza Shamayev show. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Wonderboy might be on that card. Didn't they just add something? Isn't Jose Aldo on that card too, if I'm not mistaken? Or, yeah. did, or did he get moved around? So like that fight card, is amazing in general. It's like that is an unbelievable ESPN card. Uh, this card, 255, like I'm here and Dana White didn't even want to talk to us. Like we were all under the assumption that if the, he's going to talk before pay-per-view, it's going to be this one because he's going to want to sell it. And he didn't even do that. Not only did he not give us a scrum, he didn't even do the stare downs. He didn't do the stare downs for a, dub, a double title fight <laughs> headline. Like that just goes to show you the, the president of the company doesn't even care. But like this, this, this pay-per-view reminds me of like UFC 201. Like, is this a better pay-per-view main of main car than UFC 201? I think so. Uh, 201 just got like, that was Lawler Woodley co-main event was Rose Carolina. It was, was supposed to have, right. You can't even remember. And you were at that one. So oh, it's I like, so like UFC 199. Oh, the card wasn't good. It wasn't like you, but it was also sandwiched between 200 and 202, which were the big pay-per-views because yeah. 202 was the McGregor DS 200 was obviously 200. And then you mentioned UFC 206. That was fresh off the heels of UFC 205, the first MSG card. And then right before the return of Ronda Rousey. So it's just like these cards are getting lost in the shuffle. So like UFC 255 is coming off like these title, these pay-per-views where it was like Habib 
It was Tony versus Gaethje, which was obviously a stacked card. And then you had the first, uh, we, had the, we had the triple headliner on the first pay-per-view of Fight Island, headlined by Masvidal Usman. And then we had uh, the, I can't even remember, what was the, then we had the return of Nunes. We had a couple other, we had the Izzy fight card, we had the Beep fight card, and then it's, it's just this. This happens a lot, where you use a lot of champions all in a row, and then all of a sudden you don't have any big champions to headline cards. It happens all of the time. UFC 206, they had to make make it an interim title fight just for the head, just so it could headline, uh, because that was uh, what was that Pettison Holloway, if I'm not mistaken. This happens yep. all the time. It always happens around this time because remember they've also canceled January pay per views because they've used so many champions in like a very small amount of time that they don't have anyone to headline anymore. They even thought they even thought of like making interim titles between like. Usman and Colby Covington just so they could get headliners for cards and it doesn't pan out. So this is nothing new. It's unfortunate that it's happening right now, uh, especially because uh, the flyweights are like, again, Valentina could be the best female fighter of all time. I still put Amanda Nunes right above her uh, in Chris Cyborg, but Valentina's right in that category. We finally have a violent flyweight champion that we've all been craving for. Uh, and it's unfortunate that it's not getting the shine, especially for the president of the company. I would like to just refute what he what Jose just said because Demetrius Johnson threw a grown ass man in the air and armbarred yeah. him. That dude is violent, yeah. and we need to not disrespect the memory of Mighty Mouse. Right, but yeah. I guess when I when I say violent, like Figueroa's opponents don't really look the same after they fight. Demetrius I Johnson. To, I want to clarify that because Demetrius yeah. Johnson was a very violent man in his own way. Sure. Demetrius uh, Johnson is a scary cat. Don't forget what Demetrius Johnson did to Joseph Benavides. We we did to Henry Cejudo. You know, yeah. you know. He's so just, I mean, he's the best, he's the best, greatest flyweight of all time. Probably no, not even probably. <laughs> definitely top five MMA fighters who have ever lived. You know, you said you said that the UFC runs out of big UFC champions. Well, I think that's that's the problem. Like it's it's a bit of a self fulfilling prophecy with the flyweight division. Dana's like no one cares about flyweights. Then, then freaking at least show up for the weigh-ins. Just, dude, all you gotta show up and go, hey guys, stare at each other, don't punch each other. That's all you gotta do. And it, it's yeah. just, it's just symbolic. I mean, if, if the president of the company can't, you know, walk out of his penthouse, you know, to the apex and just stand there and have two men face each other, then like, if they don't care, if he doesn't care, like, why, why are, like, why are fans giving a crap? So it's just. You know, I, 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 I just don't. I just don't understand. I just don't understand. Has the promoter promote? That's what you're paid to do. Promote. Like we're here to make fun of you and say things suck, you know, and say things are cool. But your job is strictly to promote, and he didn't even do that for this pay per view. So I just, I don't know. Yeah, Casey. I, but I also think Jose like nailed it when he said, you know, Dana gets fixated on fighters because we can yeah. all agree, right? If if Cody Garbrandt doesn't get hurt. This card is getting a much bigger push, and Dana Dana is doing a pre-fight pre-fight scrum and talking to everybody because he wants Cody Garbrandt to have a belt, right? Like we're all on the same page there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's just like I think. Yeah, he has it in his mind that flyweight sucks unless it's going to be Cody Garbrandt, maybe, and so he's just kind of written this off. I, I I guess that seems to be the most logical answer to why this is is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Is this just like a cherry card at this point? Like, I mean, listen, this has been a wild year for everybody. The UFC has done a tremendous job of keeping the train moving. However, they've had to do it, whether it's like a six fight card total because there's like five fights that got pulled the day of, like they're making it happen. They've had a very successful year. We question them. They've come through. They proved us wrong in a lot of different ways. So at, at this point, is this just like cherry on top of the Sunday? Like whatever happens, cool. Like we've already made the ice cream, the hot fudge, whipped cream, marshmallow, yeah. peanut butter sauce, it's all in there. This is just like a cherry and you know, you can have it. You don't need it, but it's there if you want it. They just got to get a Vince in, man. They got to get that, that magic number 42 by the end of the year. So every weekend we're getting fights and this one just happens to be the pay-per-view of the month. <laughs> so this is I what think it it's is. a good card. Yeah. I, I uh, what else? I think it should be a fun one. I don't know if it's $65 worth of fun. <laughs> joseph bozo with all the questions yeah. i love it thoughts on antonina and valentina on the same card 
Uh, Antonita is fighting Ariane Lipsky on the ESPN two portions of the prelims. Funny enough, before Orion Kosi was pulled from this card, we would have had sisters and brothers competing on the same card. But Orion is out. He was supposed to fight Nicholas Dalby. Now Nicholas Dalby is fighting Daniel Rodriguez instead. So uh, what do you think, Jose? We got sisters. Valentina, obviously, is Valentina. Antonita is looking to get on track. She's had a, a kind of a tough go of it. She's been thrown to the wolves pretty much right off the bat. Roxanne Modafferi. Caitlin Shukagian, she does have a win and a, a, an impressive submission win at, uh, in that UFC newer card against Pudalova, I believe, if, yeah. if my memory serves me correctly about looking at it. So, again, this is another kind of tough matchup for her. I was kind of hoping they would just get her all the way back to the bottom of the division just to build herself back up. But Ariane Lipsky's got a lot of momentum right now coming off one of the crazier submissions of the year. So putting them on the same card, what are your thoughts on this and, uh, and Antonina's return? Cool. I mean, I don't really like the sister thing is fine. I guess <laughs> they train together. So it's like teammates peaking together. So cool. The sister, like again, sisters fighting on the same card. We've seen brothers fighting on the same card a million times. Uh, so it is what it is, I guess. Uh, Aaron Olipsky again, or like, let's, let's not forget. She lost two in a row too to what jo- Jojo and Molly McCann at one point. Uh, so she had lost uh, on whatever card she fought after that. She probably could have gotten a pink slip too. So I feel like Aaron Olipsky knows exactly uh, where uh, Anthony Shevchenko's headspace is right now. I think this is a much better f- fight in terms of where they're at in their careers competitively because, like you said, Anita got no has had basically had no easy fight. All of her losses have come to like top level competition. If she loses to Ariana Lipsky and Valentina just keeps doing what she's doing, she's going to be the Tommy Aaron of the MMA world. Tommy Aaron is Hank Aaron's younger brother who has like five home runs in his career. Um, <laughs> so it is. Cool. It is what it is. This is a fight that I guess makes sense in terms of skill set. I have no idea who's going to win, but I'm, 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 it's, I'm much more excited for th- this fight than like if they gave Antonita like Cynthia Calvillo or God forbid they had her fight Jessica Andrade one to make her flyweight debut because that would have been a massacre. So cool. They're on the same card. I guess history is always fun. The first for anything is always fun, but I have no idea who's going to win this fight. I think it's pretty, it's a toss up for me. Yeah, it's a good fight. Jen. <laughs> I'm actually kind of in on the Antonio versus Andrade fight. Not because I think that makes sense for any kind of a competitive because <laughs> it very obviously doesn't. But from like a fight building standpoint, like if Antonina gets a win here and then you book her against Andrade, she's cannon fodder. But then you can set up that like heat for the Andrade Shevchenko fight and just get a little extra salt on it. I don't hate that at all. I mean, it's really mean, but I kind of like it. <laughs> That's what exactly they should have done when Roxy beat Antonina. Like, oh, you no, know, yeah. It was right there. It was right there. Do you remember, do you remember before the pandemic, we had laid out exactly what the UFC should have done? <laughs> yeah. they, they were going to go back to Russia this year. They should have done Roxanne versus Valentina in Russia. Valentina can get revenge in the exact place that uh, she beat her sister and the co-main event. Kevin Lee wanted to fight Islam Makachev in Russia so badly. That was the fight. That was the fight card to make. And then the UFC was dumb and big books then in against Liz Carmouche. And then the pandemic hit, and we're never going to have that fun card ever again. I don't know. We could still do it. Like if he <laughs> gets the win here, then we book her against Andrade. And sure, sure, next sure. Year, yeah. Next year, I like the card idea. <laughs> Thank you, Joseph. One more from Joe. This is really a question, but you get re- re- read it real quick, Mike. I saw odds as big as minus twelve hundred. That is when Ronda Come fought on. Holly Holm, and we know what happened. That's, this is not the same. No, thing. that's I because like we all knew, like the three of us and Casey, mm-hmm. we knew Holly Holm was a far. Like I don't care that Ronda Rousey was on the cover of Ring Magazine. Holly Holm is the grossly superior striker, and when she won, I was not even remotely surprised. If Jennifer Maya wins, I might I might question the, the entire sport of MMA. Yeah, if 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 it's not if if Jennifer Maya wins like a dominant win, not like a fluke win. I, I don't know. Maya, I don't know. What we want to call it a fluke win, but if she head kicks Valentina and wins, it's the biggest up yeah. in the history of the world ever. I was just going to ask that. Is, is it? Yeah. That, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, that's what, I guess that's yeah, what I'm trying to ask. Is this is this bigger than Sarah GSB yeah. if, if Maya wins? Yeah, I think it's way I'd bigger. Say so. See, I don't I'd say so. Because well, I, see, I, I in in hindsight, that that big win for Matt Sarah was obviously insane, but GSP wasn't the goat yet. Valentina, but, we're talking about, could be the greatest female fighter ever. GSP wasn't there yet because he had just won the bell, right? That was his first title defense. Yeah, first defense. Yeah. Second, first or second? No, it was his so, first. Yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't quite there yet. I I actually I still but I believe Sarah GSP. It, that's, if, that's the, if Maya wins, bigger, it's a bigger win. Like Sarah GSP will forever be kind of like the biggest one in terms of what it meant, and like just because more people gave a shit about that than will care about this weekend's card. But from a nuts and bolts standpoint, there would be no bigger upset in the history of the sport. Like maybe so could you when he knocked out was a little nog was the first one. No, no, yeah. yeah. Literally no one had ever heard of him before. And little nog was like a super established guy. Maybe you could argue that from like a nuts and bolts standpoint, but no, <laughs> this would be, there is no avenue for Jennifer Maya to win this fight. Well, see, I, I, I only I disagree only because Matt Sarah was never a was he ever a, a legitimate top ten welterweight? No, he, was no, a he was a lightweight. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Was, yeah, was was he even a top? Was he a top five lightweight? A top ten? Yeah. He was. Yeah, he was. Okay. He was, a, he was a, I mean, well, there weren't rankings. But, yeah, but you know, he was. He is day, like he was a highly regarded. Who gave, him, who gave him his black belt? Who gave Matt Sarah his black belt? Because he's the first American to get was a black belt from that. Was it, was it, he was like one of the first, right? I don't remember. Hindu? Like, he's, it was either him or he's somewhere in the list of like he was the first Hindu? American to get a black belt from this person. Yeah. I'm not. He's the first American under Hinzo to get a black belt. Yeah, Hinzo. Yeah. Yeah. So like that is he's clearly a high level martial artist. Uh, but he, he but, could, but he punched he him. Not, not, <laughs> yeah. That's like a voice. Like so, knocked so out Ken Shamrock thing. throwing overhand. I'm sure you've heard all the Didn't stories. Knock out Ken Shamrock. <laughs> Kick the balls, yeah. But like yeah. GSP, I was there. Was not even remotely focused for that fight. He had the long shorts. Remember, he wasn't even compression shorts GSP yet. He had all everyone <laughs> pulling him in a million. Wait, directions. is that a thing? Compression shorts GSP? <laughs> I'm not aware of that one. <laughs> That's a new one. Right C level gain. Motivated BJ and what was the new one that popped up? Bald Brian remember. Ortega. Bald Brian Ortega. Like these are all actual things. Yeah. I'm just saying Jennifer Maya legitimately earned this title shot. Matt Sarah won a reality show. That's all, you know. <laughs> I just I I one A, one B. If if Jennifer Maya can somehow win this fight. I don't know. My I guess my view on it is if you had told me going into Sarah GSP that Sarah won, I would not believe you, but I wouldn't think that it it wouldn't make me, like Jose said, question everything I know about the sport. Whereas if Jennifer Maya wins, I will legitimately have to think about like everything I know about fighting because it's clearly wrong. <laughs> I love those fights, though. I, I'm, I, I'm, I love those types. I, I love, I love being wrong. I love being wrong when I see fights. I just, yeah. it's awesome. If it's good. she wins, it'd be great. Like yeah. just because that would be a moment that yeah, yeah. we would get to see in real time. But I would be genuinely flabbergasted. <laughs> yeah, if she, if she wins, that'll be like the. I can't believe I didn't spend sixty five dollars on this card. I missed it. I missed the moment. Which is exactly why I think the Sam Soda. You know what? But what you said right there—that that reminds me of when Anderson Silva fought Chris Weidman. I remember that was the um, the selling point. Was like, don't you don't want to miss the fight where Anderson Silva finally loses? You know, where someone's gonna finally get him. You know, like you don't. That was kind of the the, the underselling point. You know, and that's why I was hoping Valentina would be main event and almost like. She's gonna win like the next fifty fights in a row, but maybe she will lose this one, and you don't want to miss it. So, but yeah, but you, but you felt like Weidman could be the guy, though. Like you, you weren't. That wasn't like Dude, a, all of the. I remember that weekend. We had there was they, the UFC actually had Radio Row that weekend for like the first. The, for, I think they've never done it since, and I had a radio show that did it, 
and they would bring the fighters around. The only people that picked Anderson to win were John Jones and Ronda Rousey. Everyone else picked Chris Weidman. Everyone the, knows they have unimpeachable opinions. But the, wait, 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 right. wait. so Chris Wyman coming into the Anderson Silva fight that Chris Wyman oh, was the favorite was, with all the fighters. Like they thought, a lot of yeah, mostly because mostly because it was fresh off the Chael fights where Anderson kind of the pat the avenue to victory over Anderson had kind of been established. And Chris Wyman was in the prime and just knocked out Mark Munoz with that standing elbow. Was the All American wrestler undefeated at the time, so everyone was under the assumption that if Anderson was going to win. Chris Wyman had all the tools to do it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I remember Wyman being like the sexy, the sexy pick coming into yeah. that fight. I think but it was more. Nobody Maybe, thought he was going to knock him out. Yeah. Yeah. It was that. The path of victory yeah. blew everyone away. Yeah. It was the, uh, when Holly won, like people that knew about who Al Ronda actually fought were all picking Holly to win. And I think people that knew how Anderson and Chris fought, everyone was picking Chris Wyman to win. Right. It'll be crazy. It'll be crazy if it happens. It won't be crazy because it won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> this is not happen. Do, do, do. Uh, let me see. Look for more questions. We'll probably take like one or two more. Yeah. All right, we got a we get we get Invicta. Did Mike Perry Did Mike, Mike Perry? <laughs> he didn't Mike wait or make weight. <laughs> No, he missed. He missed by four and a half pounds. It was a bad miss, and then he uh, decided to do the dab after the after the fact. And my pair trying to get fired for doing the dab. Yes, dude. Did you did read you, did his you hear live tweeting of his weight cut this morning? Yeah. It was could you, oh, yeah. Did you guys, could you guys hear I, Mike Perry talking on the scale through my through the microphone? Oh man! No, he I was going to ask you. Yeah, he walked in and immediately said, "Baby, I'm not even close," and got right up on the scale. And I was like, "Wow, I guess he's missing weight," <laughs> but then he did. Did you hear what he did? Did you hear what he said to Tim Means up there when they were staring down? I didn't hear anything. I just aren't. I didn't around. hear nothing. No, I, th- I didn't hear nothing because I had my head, my big headphones in. I took them off because I saw Mike Perry kind of doing weird things when he was getting up on the scale, and I heard him say, "I'm not even close," and then he hopped up on the scale. We'll see. I mean, if, if look, if Mike Perry gets knocked out by Tim Means, like in the first or second round, like if he loses badly, do you think he's done? Do you think the UFC nope. just has to like part ways? Do you think they're going to keep him around? Yeah. Why wouldn't they? They put him on the main card after all the allegations. Well, I mean, he's fighting I, Robbie Lawler. I mean, not that they he should even, listen. We all we all feel a certain way about Mike Perry. But Mike Perry versus Robbie Lawler, like you see that as a fight fan, you take all the personal stuff out of it. You're like, okay, this is this is kind of a wild fight. You know what I mean? Like I just, yeah. I mean, I guess you're right. I mean, but they no, could. I, 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 when have they He's ever done that miss. before? I mean, yeah. But when have they ever taken any kind of level of personal responsibility for fighters before? Like. The only it, thing that gets you fired from the UFC is asking for more money. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's the only thing. So, no, he's going to get to keep coming back and, despite and endlessly t- growing weight. And I'll tell you also why he will. He is coming back no matter what happens Saturday. Just look at the look at the numbers um, online for interviews. Mike Perry completely blew everyone out of the water, and that's just. I mean, if no one if no one cared about Mike Perry, yeah, of course he's gone. But people care about him. They want to see him lose. They want to see him win. They just they want to see what stupid crap he has to say. Even me, I'm I've like I was like, what did Mike Perry say? I gotta look at the I gotta watch the video. And like I was like, oh, I'm like I'm 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 part of that cycle. So, did you feel like a better person having heard Mike Perry's words on anything? Did that enrich your life personally, Casey? <laughs> I am part of the cycle. <laughs> it's just, uh, we're here. Um, what happened to yeah. Robbie? Is, it, is Robbie okay? Is anyone, has anyone checked on him? Is I don't he, remember. Just an injury? Yeah, I think he's thinking like February he wants to come back. Nothing serious. serious. Something Pour happened. One and... Pour one out for the great lost fight of our generation. <laughs> Robbie Lawler versus Anderson Silva. We're never gonna get it, and I'm very sad about that because that that was the fight to book. 
That would have been a good one. Would have been great. Man, Anderson Silva really left the UFC on a kind of a. (laughs) I guess, like no no big send off from the UFC. Just a. Yeah. They gave him a whole retirement card, even though he like wasn't was never clear that he was going to retire. They tried. They tried. They tried. They tried. forced him out, and then he was like, "No, I want to keep fighting people." It was what a crazy scenario because Dana White's like, I've made such a mistake. I should have never let him fight. He'll never fight here again. And then our own Guillermo Cruz breaks the news that Anderson Silva got released. And Dana White basically called Guillermo a liar and then corrected himself like three hours later. Like, I'm glad they let him go. Like, do yeah. whatever you want to do. If you want to keep fighting, go, go fight. But I'm just glad they let him go. Anderson versus the winner of Tyson, Ber- Tyson Roy Jones Jr. That's, that's the fight to make. Very possible. Very possible. Do, do, do. All right. Uh, we are good in questions. All right. I think we've, oh, yeah. we've waxed poetic. Oh, well, we haven't waxed poetic enough because Jed Mishu, the thing about life. Yeah, here we go. It's great. Sometimes in life we have options. And tomorrow night we have options if you're a combat sports fan. Because, yes, you have UFC 255, which you could pay $65 for. Or you have a different option, one that excites you very much. So uh, go ahead. Guys, what if I told you that the best fight card of this weekend was free? Because it sure is. And it's it, Cam Soda, pioneers of the mixed martial arts space, are back with their third offering, Fight Circus 2, Circus Harder. It's at 10 p.m. tomorrow, and it's going to be awesome. Everyone who has any knowledge of me, all seven of you out there, know that I am a big proponent of Fight Circus because it is all of the best bad things in MMA just like balled up into perfection and shot straight into your veins. And they're doing it again this weekend. Some of some of the highlights on this particular card, we have a three-on-one fight. Three average Joes versus one big pro boxer. That's going to be really bad because it, we all know how it's going to go, but it's still – Absurd, so let's tune in and watch. Uh, kicking only fight on Fight Circus 1. The kick only fight was actually awesome, and I'm really excited about this one because I had never once considered the idea of a kick only fight, and it was great. Uh, there is a 2v2 tag team match that is a battle of the bands. So <laughs> there, you, I'm, there you go there. Uh, my personal favorite, Carrying on from the kicking only match, there's a spinning strikes only match. What? How can, how can that be anything other than amusing? Uh, so we get that. Uh, and then my other favorite one, uh, early in the card, maybe not the show opener, but there is a no mercy leg kick match where they're just going to trade leg kicks until someone quits. They are literally playing Rochambeau <laughs> with leg kicks. You know, Kay, like, okay, Look at Casey's face ring. right now. It's in a ring, Casey, so you love it. Look, it, this is not good mixed martial arts. Tell me it's open scoring, too. Oh, well, I don't know. It's, it's not good. It's not technical, but it's incredibly fun. If you don't – if you can be not serious about this sport – Fight Circus is exactly what it purports itself to be. And it's sometimes, look, sometimes you have Valentina Shevchenko, the best fighter on the planet, fighting, and that's awesome. And I'm here for it. I have been driving the bullet train since damn near day one. But just as much, it is fun to just watch some people do really stupid fight stuff because we all like that too, if we're being honest with ourselves. So, I, I know it's at the same time as UFC 255. <laughs> I'm not telling you which one you should watch. I'm just saying don't miss out on Fight Circus as well uh, because it's great. And look, there's no better thing for this sport than to be in, intimately aligned with uh, a porn site because really what is more <laughs> MMA than that? That's all I think. You just sold. You just you just sold this card better than the UFC sold UFC 255, Jed. It's because I uh, I have watched I watched both Cam Soda events live, and the first one is honestly either the most or the second most fun I've ever had watching a fight card. And Fight Circus One 
was at the end of this year, I already, I think I've already told everyone here on this card, <laughs> I am legitimately putting it in my event of the year vote. Like it will get, it will be somewhere <laughs> in my top five because it was awesome. So if, if the third, the third one can be anything close to that, it's well worth your time and it's free. Like what else are you doing? It's free. It's a pandemic. You're at home. Put it on and watch it. I mean, there's not there's not much more that can be said. So your, your combat sports hopes and dreams can all come true. Uh, tomorrow. <laughs> it's a good time, man. Follow Jed K. <laughs> Follow Jed Michoud on Twitter at Jed K. Michoud, and you, you'll you'll hear all about it. But uh, we're gonna put a bow on this. Of course, tomorrow night the event goes down UFC 255 and Fight Circus. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. but jose is in las vegas so we'll have all the post-fight interviews all that good stuff we'll have the post-fight show everything you need ufc 250 wise 255 wise we got you covered so we are done for jed michu casey Lydon, for jose youngs i am mike heck we'll see you tomorrow night good night everybody love you guys listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care. And with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org slash future to learn more and support their cause.